0: We're now back to our main news tonight. One of Britain's most popular television presenters, the BBC's Jill Dando. Jill Dando. Jill Dando, who was Crime Watch presenter, helped to send dozens of criminals to jail, was murdered on her own doorstep today. Police have said it's too early to talk about what the motive for the murder might have been.
1: A 37-year-old presenter died in hospital after being found
0: shot through the head on her own doorstep. This programme was her passion. And now, as Jill helped others, we hope we can do the same for her.
2: You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Jill Wendy Dando was born on November 9th 1961 in Somerset, England. She was inquisitive, intelligent, and always hard working. Knowing exactly what she wanted to do with her career, she studied journalism before going on to work as a trainee reporter for a local newspaper called the Western Mercury, alongside her father and brother. After several years working in different areas and across many fields, she began working for the BBC and quickly moved up the ranks. In early 1988, Jill started presenting the national news in London. She also began presenting television programmes such as Breakfast News, The Six O'Clock News, Holiday and the unsolved crime appeal show Crime Watch. By this point, she was one of the most recognisable faces in the UK and she was in the home of most families every day. In 1997, she won the BBC's Personality of the Year Award and was frequently referred to as the Golden Girl of Television. In the same year, she met Alan Farthing, who would later become her fiancé. The wedding was set for September 1999. However, in April of that year, everything would change and the nation would be left reeling and in complete and utter shock. On the morning of April 26th, 1999, 37-year-old Jill Dando left Alan's home in Chiswick. She walked around town for a while, visiting a few shops, before leaving the shopping centre alone just after 11am. She then drove back to her house on Goan Avenue in Fulham. She didn't regularly spend time at this house, as so she was in the process of selling it and getting ready for her wedding to Alan. Just as Jill Dando reached the steps at 11.32am, She went to put her keys in the front door and was ambushed from behind. She was pushed onto the ground and her face was pressed into the tiles of her front step. A single shot was fired into her left temple. She had no defensive injuries and it appeared she did not see her attacker coming. She was discovered about 14 minutes later by her neighbour Helen Doble. The front gate was firmly shut and Helen knew she couldn't go past in case she contaminated the crime scene. She phoned 999 while another neighbour that had been alerted by Helen ran to a nearby doctor's surgery for help. Helen told the officers on the phone that she believed Jill was already dead. She initially thought she had been stabbed because of the amount of blood at the scene. Jill Dando reached Charing Cross Hospital at 12.30, where doctors and nurses fought tirelessly in an attempt to save her life. But tragically, she was declared dead at 1.03pm.
0: Jill arrived here by ambulance at 12.30pm. Despite all efforts by hospital paramedics, my apologies, ambulance paramedics and hospital medical staff, she was certified dead at 1.03pm. From ITN, the ITV Nightly News, with Dermot Murnahan. Good evening, the TV personality, Jill Dando, who as watch presenter helped to send dozens of criminals to jail, was murdered on her own doorstep today. She was killed by a single gunshot to her head. Tonight, the mystery over her death deepened with speculation that the killing may have been revenge for her anti-crime work. She was attacked at her home in Fulham in West London. A man was seen hurrying away.
2: Jill had been killed with a bullet from a 9mm calibre semi-automatic pistol. Further analysis showed that the gun had been pressed directly against her head. Her next-door neighbour, Richard, said he heard Jill cry out but didn't hear a gunshot. Shortly before midday, some of her neighbours were alerted that something was wrong. Two women
0: went towards her front door and saw someone lying on the doorstep. A third neighbour joined them. I heard the scream. scream? I did hear a, a, a scream. Did you hear a man's voice or anything like that? No man's voice at all. Did you hear a shot or did you... There was no shots. What I would say was a shot. I wouldn't have thought there was a shot, no.
2: He felt that the cry sounded more like a cry of surprise, as if she was greeting a friend or someone was playing a joke, rather than a cry of fear or something being wrong. When her neighbour Richard looked out of his window, he saw, unbeknownst to him, the killer, a white male with dark hair standing at around six foot tall aged approximately 40 years old. He was quickly walking away from Jill Dando's house. Several other witnesses said they saw a smartly dressed man talking on a mobile phone, hanging around outside of Jill's house for at least an hour before she returned home. Other people claimed to see a man fitting the same description running near a bus stop and walking across a road near Jill's house. This person, however, did not fit the description of the man seen walking away from the crime scene just seconds after she was shot. It remains unknown whether these people are linked, whether the witnesses that saw the man in the suit had seen the same person and if the smartly dressed man or men bore any relevance to the case.
1: was seen leaving from outside number 29 Gowan Avenue and he ran east down this road towards the Fulham Palace Road. A man between late 30s and 40s, white, he was carrying a mobile phone, he was clean shaven and he had dark hair. The witnesses described him as being well-groomed, possibly wearing a jacket or a suit. And anybody who knows that man or anybody else who saw that person out there, we would like to
0: speak to
2: Detective Chief Inspector Hamish Campbell was heading the investigation, and Jill Dando's death prompted the largest murder inquiry undertaken by the Metropolitan Police Force. The case was also the biggest criminal investigation since the Yorkshire Ripper, and it completely dominated the media. With no CCTV footage of her street, no DNA left by the killer, and the murder weapon being missing, the case would prove difficult from the beginning. The only piece of evidence left at the scene was the bullet that killed Jill Dando. Several theories were presented early on, some of which remain to this day, and some which were ultimately ruled out. Her handbag was still laying by her body, with her mobile phone ringing inside. She was still clutching her house keys and her jewellery and shopping were still there. The chances of it being a robbery did not seem likely. Some speculated that she had been shot and killed by an obsessed fan. Jill Dando was one of the most well-known public figures in the UK and likely had numerous fans that were fixated with her.
0: The police have said it's too early to talk about what the motive for the murder might have been, but as we've heard, one possibility is that Miss Nando may have been the victim of a stalker. It's likely to be one line of inquiry.
2: Nigel, Jill's brother, said that in the days leading up to her death, she had complained about a man who was, in her words, pestering her. But CCTV of her last known movements out shopping were carefully looked at, and there appeared to be no evidence of her being followed or watched by anyone, either on foot or by car. Another theory came off the back of her work with the TV show Crime Watch. Jill was one of the faces of the famous show that created reconstructions of unsolved crimes. Had she potentially solved a crime that had put someone in prison and ended up being killed as a result of it? Some argued it was possible that her killer was a hitman potentially hired by someone who had been convicted as a result of Crime Watch.
0: This is a a sombre and, for me, a surreal Crime Watch UK for all of us here, it can be grueling coping with crimes against victims who are strangers. It's been almost unbearable dealing with Jill's death. Jill Dando was much more than a colleague. She was everyone's friend. Crime Watch is poorer without her. But this programme was her passion. And now, as Jill helped others, we hope we can do the same for her.
2: For the crew behind the show, it was a painful time appealing for information about one of their own. But just as the show had done for many others, they created a reconstruction that showed Jill's last movements. They also recreated the sightings of the mystery man or men near her house on the day she had been killed, complete with an fit.
1: Next is a window cleaner, and he was opposite Jill's house. and he saw a man again walking, wandering around outside number 29. The window cleaner thought he was an estate agent. He was carrying a mobile phone and was talking into the mobile phone. He described him as having blonde hair, with smart in appearance, wearing a suit. Almost all the witnesses talk of a man in a suit with dark hair or black hair. So this man, the window cleaner, sees someone with blonde hair. Now he may be someone completely innocent, or is he the person that we're looking for?
0: It's pretty clear from that reconstruction that the guy walking and running down Fulham Palace Road um, was one person. I mean, all the, the witness statements yes. seem to converge on that one description. And yet, that description is different from the gunman. So, the EFIT that you've issued, the man at the bus stop in Fulham Palace Road, may very well not be the killer.
1: The EFIT is of the man at the bus stop. People need to focus on that for who is that man, is he the lookout, was he another party to the killing? Well, I'm, there are two guns here this evening, and what we're saying is this gun here, the 9mm Browning, the larger firearm, is not the weapon that was involved in the killing of Gil Dando. Right,
0: that's one that lots of newspapers and so forth have, have been portraying, it's yes. not that.
1: Yes, it is this type of firearm. This is a 9mm short. Not only is the bullet shorter, but the whole weapon is smaller. It can be held in your palm of your hand, can be concealed in a p- pocket. People need to look now at this weapon. Have they recently handled this gun? Have they recently passed it on to somebody else? Have they disposed of it for somebody? Did they make arrangements before Monday the 26th of April to give this type of gun to somebody?
2: The theory of this being a professional hit as opposed to a random opportunist was further fueled by analysis of the position of the gun. It is thought that nobody heard the gunshot because the gun was so close to her head and the position would have acted as a suppressor, muffling the sound. The speed that it all happened, alongside the lack of evidence left at the scene and the angle that she was shot from, made many think it was a professional job. In the six months following on from Jill Dando's death, the police spoke to over 2,500 people. They tracked 1,200 cars and took over 1,000 statements. But despite their best efforts, little turned up. They seemed no closer to working out who had assassinated Jill Dando. The police were under immense pressure to solve the case. It wasn't just the family and friends of Jill that wanted answers. The public and the media wanted answers too. Jill Dando's funeral was held in May of 1999. Hundreds of people filled the streets to say goodbye and pay their respects to one of Britain's best-loved television presenters. It was clear from the outpouring of grief just how loved she was. She was buried next to her mother Winifred, who passed away in 1986. A year after Jill Dando was killed, police finally believed that they had a suspect. Barry George was a local man who lived around half a mile away from Jill's house. He had learning difficulties and an IQ of 75. When psychologists examined him, they concluded he had several different personality disorders, antisocial, histrionic and narcissistic. Further assessments showed that he also had brain damage. The day after Jill was shot, he had been spotted acting suspiciously. He also had his own history with the law. He had been arrested several times for crimes such as posing as a policeman and he had also been found on the grounds of Kensington Palace wearing a balaclava. He also had a string of assault charges against his name so the police quickly mobilised and put him under surveillance. On the 25th of May 2000, Barry George was arrested for the murder of Jill Dando, and he was charged with the crime several days later. His trial was held at the Old Bailey, and the prosecution's main piece of evidence was a microscopic particle of gunshot residue that had been found inside the pocket of one of Barry's coats. The gunshot residue matched the particles that were found at the scene. The coat also seemed to match the description of the smart clothing that had been seen on a potential suspect or suspects. On the 1st of July 2000, Barry George was convicted by a majority of 10 to 1 and was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Jill Dando. However, various professionals claimed he wasn't capable of committing a crime like that in such a seemingly experienced way due to his learning difficulties. They also said that the evidence that the prosecution had put forward didn't stack up and came from inconsistent stories and statements. They argued Barry George had no motive and that the time frame of the events simply didn't link him to the case. An expert in gunshot residue said that the single particle could have come from a variety of sources and transferred from any number of places. Ultimately, his coat could have been contaminated and determining where exactly the single particle came from was impossible his lawyers immediately set out seeking an appeal, believing it to be a grave miscarriage of justice. In 2001, Jill's co-presenter of Crime Watch Nick Ross and Jill's fiancé Alan Farthing began raising money to build an academic institute in her name. After successfully raising almost £1.5 million, University College London created the Jill Dando Institute of Security and Crime Science. It became the first university institute in the world to be devoted specifically to crime science. In the same year, the team from the BBC television show Ground Force designed a memorial garden in Jill's memory. It was full of her favourite colours and plants that were special to her. In 2007, Western College opened a new university campus at the site of the former Sick form centre where Jill had studied. The Sickform building was named the Jill Dando Centre. Barry George's defence team had been continuing to file appeals during these years, and in 2007, after two unsuccessful attempts the case was finally reviewed by the Court of Appeal. Sensationally, they overturned the guilty ruling made previously and set a new trial for June 2008. Except this time, the gunshot residue evidence was ruled inadmissible and was not allowed to be used due to expert opinions that had been previously presented. In August of 2008, Barry George was unanimously acquitted of the murder of Jill Dando.
0: After more than eight years in prison, Barry George is a free man, cleared of the murder of TV presenter Jill Dando. He left from the back of the court, trying to escape the cameras. Mr George's family have campaigned tirelessly for his release.
2: We're really delighted to finally have justice. I want to thank everybody who has supported us through all these years. Several newspapers settled with him after he sought damages for articles that had been written about him. He didn't receive any compensation for his time in prison, as it was determined his innocence still hadn't been entirely proven. He now lives in Ireland, but the eight years he spent inside and the unsolved case of Jill Dando still follows him. To this day, he remains the only person to be put on trial for her murder, and no new arrests have been made since. During Barry George's first trial, the defence put forward another theory as to what could have happened to Jill Dando. Just three days before she was shot, British and US warplanes bombed the Radio Television Serbia building in Belgrade. The bombing killed 16 employees, and people wondered if Jill had been killed in retaliation. Just three weeks prior to her death, Jill had headed an appeal for the Kosovan Albanian refugees who were fleeing ethnic cleansing in the Balkans. Some people felt that her appeal for aid may have attracted the unwanted attention of Bosnian Serb hardliners and she had been assassinated as a result. An opposition journalist had been murdered outside of his house in Belgrade before Jill had been killed. The method used in both cases was identical. Just one day after the murder of Jill Dando, Tony Hall, who was the BBC's head of news at the time, received a death threat from a man saying he was a Serbian activist. He claimed that he had killed Jill Dando, and that Tony Hall would be next. However, the police strongly suspected that this call was nothing more than a hoax. It was determined that the British police never asked the Serbian police for their help, and no police officer ever travelled to Serbia to look into these claims. Ultimately, the police didn't think it was a credible theory. In 2013, Jill's father, Jack Dando, sadly passed away without ever finding out who was responsible for his daughter's death. The case has remained relatively quiet since Barry George's release, but in 2014, a new theory was presented. One of Jill Dando's former colleagues came forward and said that in the months leading up to her death, Jill had been working on exposing a paedophile ring involving some big and well-known names within the BBC. It is alleged that Jill gave a file over to the senior management in the mid-1990s, but the file was handed back to her, and an investigation was never carried out. A spokesperson for the BBC said there was nothing that substantiated these claims, and if there was, the allegations would have been looked into. Decades on, Jill's brother Nigel continues the search for answers, but knows that he and the police are up against a lot. He does, however, believe that some of the well-known theories can be ruled out, Nigel said he tends to think that it was not a professional hit that was taken out on Jill, nor does he think there is a Serbian connection. He believes that it was, in his words, simply a misguided individual that knew where Jill lived and was on her street at that time with a firearm. He also said he believes whoever this person was simply struck lucky. Sadly, he feels it is unlikely there will be any answers because of the passage of time although some detectives believe that the assassination of Jill Dando will likely never be solved. Her family and friends have never given up hope that her killer will eventually be brought to justice.